From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that will shape the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take a close look at an important deadline that is quickly approaching for much of the trucking industry. We all remember the mass adoption of electronic logging devices at the end of 2017 and into early 2018 as the federal ELD mandate went into effect. But that wasn't the end of this technology transition. Many fleets continue to use electronic logging systems categorized as AOBRDs, automatic onboard recording devices, that predate the ELD rule. The regulation allowed early adopters that had already installed AOBRDs to keep using them for two years past the ELD implementation date but that exemption will expire on December 16th of 2019. So between now and then, the many fleets that are still using AOBRD technology must migrate to ELDs. But how can fleet managers successfully navigate this technology transition? And how will it change their operations? We'll set out to answer those questions in this episode. In most cases, fleets will be able to update their devices to ELDs through a software update with no hardware changes. But the bigger adjustment may be adapting their operations and policies to reflect the new rule set. To help us better understand the minutia of this transition and how fleets can prepare for it, we're going to bring in two experts who are at the front lines of this issue. Later in the program, we're going to speak with Tom Bray, a transportation consultant at J.J. Keller Associates who specializes in fleet safety and operations. But first, I'm excited to welcome Fred Fakima, Vice President of Compliance at Zonar, a provider of electronic logging devices and telematics systems for commercial trucks. Thanks for joining the program, Fred. Thanks for having us. Always a privilege to work with you, Seth. So fleets that are still running AOBRDs in their trucks have until December 16th of this year to update their systems to fully-fledged DLDs. So, Fred, just how big of a transition will this be for the trucking industry? I think most in the industry believe that it's going to be really big. Uh, we, as owners, saw a large surge of AOBRD purchases at the end of 2017. So between that and legacy users, I think it's a significant number that needs to make the transition. Some are actually waiting until the very end like they did in 2017, Uh, so waiting as long as they can. But I really think it's going to be a big disruptor for the industry. Okay. And what about your case uh, with Zonar? What percentage of your customers are running AOBRDs versus those who have already moved to the ELD software? Yeah, with that big surge we saw at the end of 2017, we're actually at about 80% of our customers using AOBRD. Most wanted to stay on and and, uh, use that uh, ability uh, to be less restrictive. Um, But our goal is to have uh, everybody transitioned over by the end of October of this year. So, Fred, before we dive deeper into this, I'd like to ask you to quickly explain the differences between running an AOBRD versus an ELD. You know, in both cases, you're using electronic driver logs, but the software, of course, is designed around different rules. So how do those differences really play out in a real-world trucking operation? Well, uh, the biggest uh, difference is the communication aspect for the data transfer. So now, rather than like AOBRD, you're just sending an email or or a fax to uh, enforcement with your log. You actually have to transmit the data to enforcement through a, a telematics approach, which is uh, web services based or, or email, or through local mechanism, which is um, Bluetooth or USB. Uh, the, the other requirement is is being uh, synchronized with the uh, ECM or the engine control module, and you have to record engine status, vehicle motion, miles driven, and engine hours. And then you have those automatic entries that have to take place at 60 minutes or when engine's on and off. 
in the beginning and end of personal conveyance and yard moves. And everybody knows about the grid graph having to be displayed or printed uh, as well at roadside. And then the really difficult thing for uh, some carriers is the uh, unassigned driving times. Because anytime you have a movement of that truck, you have a driving event. And so if, if the person's not logged in, then you have to account for that unidentified driving. Uh, and the challenge really between AOBRD to ELD is some of the automatic um, duty status changes. With ELD, you don't have any. The only is uh, the on-duty not driving when it's the, the truck starts to move um, with within that um, five miles an hour, it automatically puts the driver into drive. That's one of the only automatic duty changes that there is other than when it's not in motion for five consecutive minutes, uh, the driver hasn't responded to ELD, you're required to prompt them for a minute, and then it changes them into uh, on duty not driving. So there's those changes. So in the real world, it's all about what happens at the roadside and really at uh, an audit. Uh, drivers, really need to know how to utilize the device. I mean, when the uh, rule was made, it was specifically designed for uh, the driver to own their logs, somewhat like it is with paper, uh, but now it's by the second rather than by the 15 minute interval. So they need to know how to operate the ELD and how to transfer that data um, and really uh, uh, interact with the device more so than they do with an AOBRD. Um, and then the audits now are focused, so they can be done electronically. So the carrier and the inspector really have the data at their fingertips. So the importance of reports on the back end um, is really emphasized. And key reports are unidentified driving report, the malfunctions, hours of service violation reports, and odometer jump reports. And then, of course, you have your personal conveyance and yard move reports. All those are really important for the back end to maintain um, uh, compliance th through the hours of service requirements. Okay, so cer certainly some some differences around the rules, and ultimately, right now with AOBRDs, there's a certain level of flexibility that uh, will be a little bit different under ELDs, right? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a, a real change for the drivers. Here's how to start playing Transport Topics on your smart speaker in three easy steps. Step one, search Transport Topics in your Alexa app. Step two, enable. Step three, simply say to your Alexa device, Alexa, open Transport Topics, or Alexa, what's the latest from Transport Topics? Voila, now you're ready to get your one minute briefing. Now let's talk about what fleets will actually need to do to convert their AOBRDs into ELDs. Now for the most part, this is going to be uh, software updates, maybe even over-the-air software updates, right? You know, how will this work? Yeah, correct. Uh, the updates are pretty much done over the air, meaning like if you have a, uh, a, a mobile phone, uh, you get those notifications from your uh, provider that you need to update and you say yes. And then once it does, you have to log back in and boom, you're ready to roll again. It'll be the same thing uh, from AOBRD to ELD. That over-the-air update will occur. The drivers will need to re-log in and, and then they'll be, be ready to go on the ELD software. Um, but it's really about planning. Uh, if, if the carriers haven't talked to their provider, um, they need to have that transition plan and drivers need to know when it's actually taking place 
so they're not caught without their seven days of logs because there's a big difference between AOBRD logs and ELD logs. Sure. And yeah, just, you know, speaking with many of the vendors out there, many of the ELD vendors, it does seem that most of the more recent generations of AOBRDs will just need that software update, much like your uh, mobile phone. Uh, but for some of the older systems, you know, the, the ones that have uh, kind of aged out for the most part, you know, there may be some cases I hear where a hardware update would be necessary. Uh, Fred, what's your sense of how common that will be across the industry? Yeah, you know, like you said, I think it's those legacy uh, systems. Uh, you know, the AOBRD started in 1988, so there's still some of those systems out there, but it's not as prevalent as as we would think. I, I think a lot of the vendors have made efforts to replace that hardware um, because of the times of technology changing. Uh, and, and so I think most of your updates will be over the air. Okay. And Fred, as you described, there's certainly a lot more to this transition than just updating your technology and, and you know updating your software. Uh, so maybe just take us through some of the key operational changes fleets will need to make as they make this migration to ELDs. Yeah, there's operational and policy changes that need to occur and you need to really do reviews, especially highlighting editing, how drivers and, and uh, uh, dispatchers can manage that personal conveyance, what's your policy on that, and adhering to those policies, and yard moves as well. Um, there, there's different things that happen in the yard, whether it's a, a wash person or a mechanic or a, a, another driver moving the vehicle. Once it moves, you have that, that drive event. So having a policy on that, and then unassigned driving is going to be one of the biggest key keys that take place as well for, for the carrier. Uh, but obviously with all this training is the key understanding the differences between both systems ensuring the drivers are adequately adequately trained and what to expect once they start using that eld and then knowing that your pre-2000 are exempt so are you going to use alternative sources to and install an eld or are you going to run paper and how's that going to impact your operation as well sure i mean training is certainly seems to be one of the the key threads i hear about this and certainly drivers but also uh, back office right Absolutely, yes. So we mentioned this December 16th deadline. You know, how soon do you think that fleets that are running AOBRD should begin working on this transition to ELD software? Well, the discussions really should be happening now, and, and you should be planning uh, to start the transition or set a time frame. And so you can prepare that training with your drivers, uh, with your dispatchers, and understanding what needs to take place. And if you do need to replace your hardware, now you're bringing in a vehicle to do the replacement. Maybe you need to change vendors uh, or you want to change vendors. Now's the time to start doing that planning because you know, ELD, as you know, offers more than just compliance hours service rules. It's an investment within the business operation itself as well. Certainly. Now today, of course, the nation's truck fleet is operating with a mix of AOBRDs and ELDs you know, out there at the same time. And that does make it pretty complex for roadside inspections. And Fred, you have a background in law enforcement yourself, so I do want to get your take on this. You know, what do you think that the AOBRD phase-out will mean for enforcement? Is this going to make things easier? Yeah, I, I think it'll make it a lot easier for enforcement. One of the biggest pain points in this transition uh, from AOBRD to ELD is, is at the roadside. And it's really the driver not indicating that they're they're utilizing an AOBRD and and then when they say ELD the enforcement guy is trying to treat it as an ELD when it's not so you can't do the data transfer so there's a lot of confusion that has taken place around that but remember enforcement wasn't really 
up to speed on electronic logs. In fact, a lot of them, you know, really didn't want to mess with electronic logs, but now they have to. And so as they get used to it, um, I think it will be a lot easier that all of them will be in ELD. The challenge for enforcement is, is there's a lot of different vendors. There's a lot of devices out there and, and knowing what to look for and how to prepare for that is going to make it a lot easier at roadside. Okay. And as we discuss this transition from AOBRD to ELD, the industry is also going to have to deal with this move toward 4G and 5G and the sunsetting of older wireless networks. So do you see these two factors essentially coming together to, to force potential hardware changes down the line for, for some of the fleets that are using older hardware? Yeah, you know, we saw it um, from 2G to 3G. You know, there is a, uh, you know, your GPS products that that had to make that upgrade. And there's a, there's a lot of a lot of disruption that took place during that time frame. So I think it will be the same thing as we move from 3G to 4G and 5G. Um, our tablets support 4G and LTE, you know, and w with the new addition of RV4, there's there's uh, no concern on our end, but carriers really need to ask that question to their vendors. Are they still operating on uh, under 3G? Are they prepared for 4G? Uh, if not, what is that transition and how will that take place? Because again, just like uh, this transition is, I think it will be a disruptor for the industry uh, during that period of time. Sure, certainly a lot to manage from an uh, onboard technology perspective uh, in, the, in the years ahead here. Uh, but before I let you go, Fred, uh, is there any other advice you'd give to fleets that still need to make this switch to ELDs? What should they really keep in mind as they, they move through this, this transition in the coming months? Well, know that the date's not going to change, so you need to be prepared. Uh, have a transition plan. You know, work with your vendors to know what that plan is and then train the drivers. The drivers need to know how to operate the device and interact with the device. It'll make it that much easier at roadside. And then what we tell our customers really is to annotate, annotate, annotate. I mean, mistakes are going to happen um, with electronic logs. It's just going to happen. But if you annotate that mistake and you can show it at roadside, it makes everything that much easier. And we always forget down the road. So during an audit, you have that annotation as well there uh, to reflect on. So um, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting time, uh, especially uh, when December rolls around and we see what happens. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, have that partnership with your vendor and get it done right. Yeah, never a dull moment in the trucking industry. There's always always something that's uh, on the horizon, and this is the one that's uh, coming up on us uh, pretty quickly here. The uh, technology industry is always changing. Uh, no doubt about that. So, Fred, thank you so much for uh, sharing your insights here. You know, like I said, you're right on the front lines of this and have been following this very closely, so we really appreciate your insight. Uh, thanks for taking time to chat with us. All right. Thank you very much. When a Transport Topics reporter sits down to write a breaking news story, he or she knows that every word, every quote, every image matters. Across TT's more than 80-year history, some of the best journalists in transportation have dedicated themselves to getting the stories that this very large, very fast-moving industry needs to read. With new media channels and programs that allow us to extend our reach and tell even more great trucking stories. Web, print, video, podcasting. All part of our repertoire. All part of our craft. Next on Road Signs, we're pleased to welcome Tom Bray, a transportation consultant at JJ Keller & Associates, specializing in motor carrier safety and operations management. Thanks for joining the program, Tom. Glad to be here. 
As I think most of our listeners will already know, J.J. Keller is really focused on helping fleets comply with government regulations, such as ours service. The company's been a longtime supplier of paper logbooks for drivers, but you've also been offering an electronic logging system uh, for a number of years as well. So I'm eager to hear your thoughts on this migration from AOBRDs to ELDs. So Tom, what's your sense of how significant this transition will be for the trucking industry? And is this going to be a challenge? Yeah, it's going to be a pretty significant change because it's going to involve hours of service, (laughs) a technology-based system, and a third party, you know, like the carrier's vendor. So it's going to be significant just just by virtue of the fact that it involves hours of service alone, plus you add in those other factors, it, it, it is going to be significant. So we've already gone through a couple key milestones related to ELDs. You know, first we had the, the implementation date back in December 2017, uh, then the beginning of out-of-service criteria in April 2018 for those caught operating without e-logs. So how do you think that the AOBRD phase-out coming this December in 2019 will compare with those previous ELD-related deadlines? Well, the big hurdle for a lot of companies was making the switch from paper to electronic logs, you know, but a lot of companies made that jump voluntarily years ago. So for a lot of companies, it wasn't a big deal. Where it was a big deal was the companies that waited until the end of 2017 to make the jump. Those are the ones that had a steep learning curve they had to go through, you know, all at once. You know, in a lot of cases, they didn't even know what they didn't know. And they had they they had really had no idea who even sold devices or how to vet or work with a vendor. Basically, they didn't have a good plan for implementing. And you know, this time around, it's going to be an upgrade to an existing system, so it's going to be easier. But it's not going to be easy because there's a lot of things involved in this. You know, the the, the change will impact all sections of the company, from the drivers to dispatchers to maintenance. You know, it's going to involve all the services I mentioned earlier, which automatically is going to make it a big challenge. You know, the drivers are going to have to learn new habits. Even if they're using ALBRDs, there's new habits involved that they need to learn when they switch to an ELD. The back office personnel are going to have to learn a new system. You're going to have to develop new policies and procedures for dealing with the system and the data that it's creating that you're not used to seeing. Uh, There's training that's going to be involved. You know, there's driver performance tracking. So that's just to name a few of the functions that are going to be involved. So in, in a way, it's going to be similar to what happened last December, where there's going to be a lot of things that are going to have to take place. But it should be a little easier because the big hurdle was that jump from paper to electronic. Yeah, and they've already done that. Uh, we'll dive into more of those details, but I'm curious, uh, what percentage of your e-log customers at JJ Keller are running on the AOBRD system right now? And what percentages are already on uh, ELDs? Right now, we have about 60% of our customers are still using you know, AOBRDs, so only about 40% or less than 40% are using uh, the ELDs at this time. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. They're, you know, they're familiar with AOBRD system. In other words, they're using a system they're familiar with. They want to hang on to as long as they can. And they're familiar with those rules. They know what the drivers need to do on the road. They know what they need to do in the back office. There's also the fact that, you know, a lot of them don't want to be on the cutting edge of this. You know, they're, they're seeing what's going on with other carriers that switch to ELDs, and they're just kind of waiting for everything to settle down and, and, and the different habits in the industry that need to be developed. Uh, to be out there and perfected before they make the jump. Sure, you know, and, it's, and that's the advantage of being a, an early adopter uh, in, in the case of AOBRDs. Uh, so let's talk about the process when it's time to, to flip the switch to ELDs. Uh, how will you convert yours into ELDs? Uh, for, you know, from a technology standpoint, is this just a software update? And what will fleets need to do when they're ready to make that migration? Yeah, for a system like ours, it's basically just an over-the-air update. You know, the technology part's simple. The carrier just needs to let us know that uh, they're ready to make the switch. 
and the update will be pushed out. What will happen to the drivers is they'll log out one night as an AOBRD, and then next morning they'll log in as an ELD. So the technology part of it's really fairly simple. Same with the back office. They'll log out one night as an AOBRD system. Next morning they'll log in as an ELD system. However, it's the people part of it that's going to make this tough. You know, switching from an AOBRD to an ELD, you know, like I mentioned earlier, touches basically everyone at a carrier. So you need to get the people ready for the change. You know, one thing a lot of companies learned from, you know, the last deadline was that anything related to hours of service and technology is not as simple as plugging it in and throwing a switch. You know, getting the fleet ready as in planning on how to make the change, you know, uh, working with your vendor to roll out training and create some in-house experts and, you know, having a vendor that can, can help you with the change it's all going to be important when it comes to actually making that change. And like I go circle back to the beginning, the technology is actually the easy part. Right. Uh, so let's talk more about uh, the the real challenge, which is the the training and operational changes uh, that, that you're discussing. What are the biggest changes that you'll see as you switch from AOBRD to ELD? say from, uh, I guess, the driver or dispatcher's uh, standpoint and the manager? Yeah, I'll start off with the drivers. The drivers are going to see a big change right away the first time they go to log in. Uh, when a driver uses an ELD, part of the login process is they're going to be offered any unassigned driving time that's on that device. That's going to be a new thing for them. And to help with the entire operating operation of the system, they're going to need to understand they need to grab that unassigned time when it's offered to them if it's theirs. Of course, if it's not theirs, they shouldn't take it. That's the other thing that they need to know. So right away from login, it's going to be different for them. The other thing that's going to change is anytime the vehicle hits five miles an hour, it's going to be considering that time as drive time from there on. And that's a change from AOBRDs. A lot of AOBRDs, uh, the rules were a lot different. And as long as what you had set up was reasonable as far as speed or distance to make that driving decision, it was pretty much allowed. But ELDs have that hard and fast five mile an hour uh, determination for driving. So that's going to surprise some drivers. Another big issue that drivers aren't going to be used to seeing, this ties into the back office directly, are, are the edit rights that are going to be given to a driver. Drivers can go in and edit pretty much anything except driving time and automatic data captures. So, you know, anytime they were on duty or off duty, they can go back in and change that. So there, there's a lot there. And drivers need to understand what is a legitimate, you know, edit and what's not legitimate. In other words, when are you creating a false log if you go in and change that? So they need to understand that. They also need to understand when they make an edit, the who, what, where, and when's all automatically going to be captured. But they need to put in an explanation. They need to clearly explain why. You know, they, they can't put something in there as, uh, I made an error. You know, they need to detail what happened. You know, I forgot to log in. I neglected to log out. Whatever the case might be, just a why that edit's necessary needs to be attached in there. Now, when the back office doesn't edit, what's going to happen? The driver's going to see that come through. That The, the, the uh, edit will come to the driver for approval. Um, so the drivers need to understand what that process is all about, what they need to do. I need to, as a driver, I need to check that edit, make sure it's a correct edit. In other words, it's it's fixing a mistake that I'd made and then recertify and resubmit that log. So drivers need to understand that whole process that's involved and carriers need to understand their end of it. So they know when they can go in and should go in and make, a, make an edit and then push it to the driver for approval. Now, the big thing for drivers is going to be the roadside inspection process. That's going to be completely different. If they have an AOBRD, they just show the display to the officer. Uh, there's a simple instruction card that explains how to get the uh, uh, information displayed onto the screen that uh, he needs to present to the officer as well. And that's pretty much it. If the officer wants a hard copy of the records, the driver or their company have 48 hours to somehow get them to the officer. When the driver's using an ELD, the driver has to be able to not only display the records for the uh, officer, 
they have to be able to transfer them to them as well, which means using either telematics, which is a web service or email, specific email system, or a local transfer method, which is USB or a Bluetooth to directly transfer those records to the officer. That's something that drivers have never done before. So it's, it's something you really need to, that the drivers really need to thoroughly understand because a roadside inspection for drivers is a high stress situation. You don't want your driver stumbling through it, hoping everything comes out well. So they've really got to be prepared for that part of it. And the other thing is after the last duty change of the day, the driver needs to certify that the log is correct and certify it. And that's just part of the daily functions they need to get used to doing with the with an ELD. So there's, there's, there's just the driver part of it has got all those changes to it. You know, as far as the back office goes, one big change that blindsides a lot of carriers is when you have an ELD system, you have to deal with unassigned driving time that's in the system. The system will have one specific bucket, if you want to call it, one specific account that all of the unassigned driving time the drivers aren't accepting comes into. What the carrier has to do then is they have to go in with that unassigned driving time and either assign it to the correct driver or attach an explanation to it about why it couldn't be assigned to a driver. Um, an example would be a uh, driver doing a road test we hadn't hired yet, you know, something along those lines, or a mechanic moving the vehicle around the yard, you know, something along, some good explanation about why that unassigned couldn't be assigned. Uh, if a carrier's not on top of that right from the get-go, that piles up fast, so they've got to really be ready for that. Uh, the other thing with that unassigned, they need to pay attention to that because that's one of the most common ways drivers falsify with an electronic logging system in general is just to drive when not logged in. So for that reason, you also need to be keeping track of that unassigned time. And the other thing company needs to be aware of is you can't have generic or ghost accounts. You can't have your maintenance account. You can't have your road test account that a lot of the AOBRD systems have. Um, each account in there has to be assigned to an individual and all the driver accounts need to have a driver's license assigned to it. So that kind of some of the things that carriers do now with AOBRDs using those generic or ghost accounts uh, to deal with the unassigned driving time go away when you switch to an ELD system. And that's something that you need to be prepared for as well. And last but not least, even your maintenance group is going to need to be, you know, ready for this. Because with an AOBRD, they kind of hook into the system and grab fairly simple data streams. With an AOBRD, real easy. With an ELD, it's got to connect directly into the data bus and pull data directly from the ECM. So if that ECM has been corrupted, somebody went in and uh, reset parameters, uh, reflashed it, uh, did whatever they did, uh, you know, goofed around with it somehow, or if it's just over time has developed some glitches. When you hook an ELD to it, it may not work. And kind of the way you figure out that's what you got going on is you hook one ELD to the vehicle, it doesn't work. You unplug it, you plug another one in, that one doesn't work. Well, now we found the problem. The problem's with the vehicle more than likely you have an ECM issue that you can need to address through your maintenance department. So even they're going to get involved in this when it comes to those connectivity issues. So there is a lot there uh, that they're going to experience as they try to migrate from AOBRDs to ELDs. Yeah, as you pointed out, there's just a lot of detail, a lot of fine points on uh, little changes and and uh, fleet managers are really going to have a, a lot to uh, unpack and and make sure that their their drivers and back office are aware of as, as they go through this process. So I, I did want to ask you also about uh, the need for companies in some cases to update their policies and procedures uh, to reflect the ELD rules language. You know, you, you look, think about uh, editing driver logs and how that's different with, with ELDs, uh, for example. Uh, is, is this a good time for fleets to really just go through all their policies and procedures and, 
and make those uh, in alignment with, with the ELD rule. Yeah, you're pretty much going to have to do that because of the different things that come into play. There's what are called special driving categories that a driver using an ELD can can have access to. There's the the edit rights. When is it a legitimate edit? When's it not? And if your policies don't address those issues, it's going to create some problems for you. So yeah, you're pretty much going to have to look through the hours of service uh, policies and procedures that you have in place, you know, start to finish and and make those align with the ELD system. In other words, what's this doing? What can drivers be doing with it they shouldn't be doing? Because that's what you want to look at uh, when you're developing policies and procedures. So there's there's a lot there as far as your, your policies and procedures that need reviewed and updated. Here again, if you already have AOBRDs, you've probably got some of that stuff in there. You probably address you know, common ways drivers falsify with electronic logs. It's just a matter that you have to bring that up to date to match uh, the ELD system versus the AOBRD system. Sure. And, you know, if you're in a fleet running AOBRD still, I mean, you're really looking at a, a mid-December deadline uh, of this year to make this change. So, you know, what's your advice on the timing for for that transition? Uh, should Should those fleets already be trying to get a jump on this early, or do you have a little bit of time to... Uh, to plan it out. Uh, what's your recommendation for how soon they should really jump on this? Well, this is a big change like we've been talking. So it's something you want to actually use a change management approach towards, which is going to take time. You know, you're going to want to start by getting with your vendor. You know, they should be able to provide you with common problems, answers, how long it's going to take to do what. They should have some experience with, with this, this changeover. And they should have sound procedures that, you know, can help you get started as far as the planning phase of it goes. So that's, that's kind of like step one. You know, the next thing you need to look at is, okay, now we've decided we're going to work with this vendor. We're happy with what they have in place or, you know, maybe we're, you know, we're going to switch vendor. Whatever you decide vendor-wise in the planning phase, now we need to start looking at when do we want to do this and how do we want to do it. So, you know, you've got to get uh, things developed, like how are we going to institute this for our back office people? How are we going to develop our own super users? In other words, uh, work with the vendor to get some people in-house trained up to being experts with the system. You know, so you've got those things to work through, you, you know, and then you've got the training of the drivers and the dispatchers that have to use it day to day, every day. And then you've got the actual mechanical change to make. In other words, the physical uh, or over the air change to make to get the new systems in. So, yeah, the, it's going to be a significant period of time. So you, the sooner you get started, the better. You can always get the planning phase done, get everything set up, get ready to go. And then decide, okay, we're going to do it as of this date. So once you get that legwork done up front, then it kind of becomes your decision on when you want to get the actual change done. You've got the policies in place. You've got the training planned. Uh, you've got your vendor situation straightened out. You've worked with your vendor to get everything you know, ironed out and, and have them provide what they can provide for you. So that's all done. Then it's just a matter of deciding, okay, as of this date, we're going to go. The one thing I'll mention is make sure to do it early because kind of like we had in last December, um, there's going to be, or December 2017, right? There's going to be a bandwidth issue that's going to develop the closer you get to the deadline. So, you know, if you're looking at rolling out third, you know, into third quarter, start of fourth quarter, you're going to be rolling it out at a time when you can actually kind of just roll into it, work with it. Vendor support will be available. You know, the closer into that deadline you wait till. So if you wait till the end of fourth quarter, you might be running into problems when, when you need your vendor to help you because there's going to be so many people asking for their help. <laughs> right. Oh, and uh, before we let you go, Tom, uh, I just want to ask if there's any other, you know, final recommendations you might have uh, that you'd like to share with the many fleets out there that still do need to, to go through this process and, and migrate their technology to ELDs. Yeah, like I just kind of went over, start planning early and work with your vendor. They're, they're your ally on this. They're the one that can help you with it. 
and don't underestimate what's going to be involved. There's going to be a lot involved, so be ready for it. All right. Well, we hope uh, uh, the industry at large uh, takes your advice and uh, we have a a smooth transition. Uh, We'll be watching it closely. Hello, I'm Dan Ronan, the host of Transport Topics Radio on Sirius XM Channel 146 every Saturday, 1 to 3 p.m., and then again on Sunday between 12 noon and 2 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you'll join me as every week we bring you the high-quality journalism that you've come to expect at Transport Topics and bring it to you on the radio. For more information about the next program and to get your free 30-day access code, head to ttn.org. WS forward slash radio one. That's TTN dot WS forward slash radio one. Thanks for listening. Before we wrap up, let's review the key points we've learned about the phase out of AOBRDs and the steps fleet managers can take to minimize disruption as they move to full ELD compliance. Based on what we've heard from our guests, it's clear that this will be a significant transition for the trucking industry, and that December 16th deadline will be here before we know it. So if your fleet is still running on AOBRDs, you should already be planning for this change. Work with your technology supplier to coordinate software updates and ensure that your onboard devices are ready to go. Review your policies and procedures and make sure they're compatible with the ELD rule, particularly on the issue of editing driver logs. And perhaps most importantly, make sure that you provide the necessary training for your drivers, dispatchers, and other personnel so they're ready for this change. If you carefully address all of these concerns, you'll be in a much better position to make this transition as smooth as possible. In the next episode of Road Signs, we're going to take a look at another facet of the ELD mandate. Check it out to hear how the industry-wide rollout of ELDs is driving the adoption of other applications and technologies in trucking. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.